Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Phillies Talk Podcast. And I apologize for the long delay for this show. It's been something that I've been putting off, putting off, and um, no excuses. But I'm back. Glad to be back talking to you about our favorite team, the Philadelphia Phillies. You probably wouldn't be listening to the show if you didn't like the Phillies. So, uh, Welcome back if this is your second or third or tenth time you've listened to the show. And if this is your first time you've listened to the show, I want to welcome you in. Uh, Phillies Talk Podcast began this show uh, many years ago, way, way back in the beginnings of podcasting, back in 2006. Um, me and a good friend started the show. Jim Mulry, and initially we started all Philly sports. So it was the Phillies, the Flyers, the Sixers, the Eagles. We went probably six months to nine months maybe doing that format before we switched it to all Phillies and it became Phillies Talk. So it's a long-running show. It's probably the longest-running independent show that talks about the Phillies. So a little bit of history behind this show for you. And how about those Phils? Uh, they went into the All-Star break very hot this year. They look like a team that would be buyers at the deadline. And we're just about, we're less than a week away from the deadline as I'm recording this show um, towards the end of July, July 28th. And Still not sure if the Phillies are going to be buyers, but uh, Dave Dombrowski, Phillies president, <coughs> excuse me, I have a summer cold as well, um, says that the Phillies just can't stay pat here. They need to add, and we know what they need. I think if you watch the Phillies on a consistent basis, uh, you're going to know what the Phillies need, and that's pitching, number one, first and foremost. Uh, they need a starting pitcher, and a good one, not just somebody that's going to fill some space and get some innings for them. They need some quality pitching uh, for a starter. We've seen uh, Bailey Falter go out there a few times and do some spot starts for the Phillies, but he's not a starting pitcher. And he has three losses to show for it. So um, Phil's not <clears throat> necessarily doing themselves a favor by trying to think that a guy like Bailey Falter, who generally comes out of the bullpen for the Phillies and has for you know some time now, can start a game. We've seen games by Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler in the past few starts um, come back with some uneven results. And as I'm doing the podcast this morning, the Phillies sit third in the NL East after taking two out of three from the Atlanta Braves at home. The record is 51 and 47. So they're back up to four games over 500. Uh, they need to keep it going, basically. And 
they have four games against the Pirates coming up. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, um, you know, I've been catching a few Phillies games in the last month or two, a lot more than I have over the past several seasons, the COVID years. I really didn't go up to the stadium that much after having a Sunday plan uh, for many years that I let expire around 2011. And then I've been picking up games here and there ever since. But around the COVID years, I just didn't go to the stadium. And we still have COVID in our midst. It isn't gone. People are still getting it. Uh, but a lot more people are vaccinated now, so the results are somewhat better for them. I've had my vaccinations, two of them, so... I feel pretty confident now enough to go and sit next to people and be next to people uh, in a closed-in type of environment like a stadium. I mean, for the first few games that I attended this year, I was up in the Hall of Fame level of the stadium, which I really love. I, If I can be in the Hall of Fame level, I prefer it. It's... Uh, Climate controlled, you can get back into that area very quickly from your seat. The seats are a little wider. They're more padded. Um, and, uh, you know, this past game that I went to was a Sunday game uh, almost a week ago now was a return to the first level for me. It's the first time that I've sat in the closeness of the first level and it just happened to be a hundred degrees for this game. So, uh, my good luck charm, AKA my girlfriend, uh, was very nice to not cancel out on me and was a trooper for the whole game, sat through it, soldiered through it. She earned the, um, the badge of the day there, uh, at the end of the game. And uh, But the Phillies couldn't win that game on Sunday, unfortunately. And that was one of the first games that I've been to this year um, where the Phillies didn't win. You know, I've had a, a good run of luck, and they've been coming back um, several times on games that I've been to. Of course, uh, I was at opening day as well. Compliments of my good buddy and co-host here on the show, Matt Vesey, which... I'm still trying <laughs> to get Matt on the show, find a time that we can get together and talk about the Phillies because he's uh, a wealth of knowledge about the Phillies. He tweets everything out at Phillies Bell if you want to follow him there on Twitter. And I hope he's listening to this show because uh, I just want to tell him, Matt, look, I can't hardly wait to get you back on the show with me and talk. So uh, hopefully that'll happen real soon. Maybe I'll uh, come out with a bunch of shows here to make up for all the time that I've missed in the past couple of weeks. And I've just been enjoying uh, the summer and uh, liking the no schedule of the podcast. You know, sometimes you can get into a rut with podcasting 
And every week at a certain time, you're supposed to record and put down the show and release it. And that's a recipe of success for a podcast because a lot of people tune in, you know, right after the new show and they like to know when the new show is coming out. So hopefully I'll get back on some sort of a schedule and, uh, and get some shows done. But, uh, yeah, to recap the Brave series, it was a breath of fresh air. They did come back in the first game of the series after looking pretty bad there uh, for some time uh, during the game. They ended up winning on July 25th by a score of 6-4. to four. Uh, Put down three runs in the bottom of the eighth to uh, earn that win, and the bullpen closed it down. And uh, the Phillies stayed up with their four-game over 500 with that win. Now, in the second game of the Braves series, they ended up losing it. It was the uh, Saturday um, game, the 26th. Uh, they lost 6-3 to three against the Braves. Uh, Aaron Nola took the loss in that one. He's now 6-8 and eight with a 3.32 ERA. And um, Schwarber kept hitting his home runs on that game. He had number 31 on the season. Uh, came in the sixth inning off uh, Steven Strider. And Real Muto hit one out. Uh, Real Muto has been picking up his batting uh, of late. In the last couple games, he's come through a couple times for the Phillies after being very quiet most of the year. Um, he has picked it up a little bit, as have a couple other Phillies in the lineup. Stott, even though his batting average is very low, it's currently around 200. Uh, he's been getting some timely hits for the Phillies. And I believe he did hit a game winner with uh, one of the recent games that I went to from the Phillies. It was an exciting win for them. And Alec Boone has been getting great hits for the Phillies as well. So he's been picking it up. Uh, his batting average now Alec Bone is close to 300, believe it or not. And um, the Phillies need batters close to 300. And right now, if you look up and down the lineup at the batting averages, you're not seeing that as much. You're seeing in the mid-twos most of the time. And uh, that's not going to get it done if, if the Phillies are expecting to get into the playoffs. Let's just take a look at the batting averages up and down the lineup here. Schwarber at 201, Hoskins 242, Real Muto at 257. He's picked that up. I think he was in the 240s just not too long ago. And Derek Hall, 260. Got two hits yesterday in the uh, win, 7-2 to two in an afternoon matchup against the Braves. 
Uh, Castellanos, 246, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about him as we get into this podcast. Stott, he's still under the Mendoza line at 195. Had a hit yesterday. Alec Bowen with two hits and two RBIs yesterday. He's at 293, so he's Closer to the 300 mark than any other Phillies starter as we uh, almost end the month of July here. Didi Gregorius chipping in a little bit. He's got a uh, 2.218 average, rather. And Odubel Herrera played for the first time in a while yesterday. And 242 average for him. He had a hit and an RBI and two stolen bases on the day. And that's what the Phillies need. I, I sent out a tweet <clears throat> probably a day or two ago saying, you know, when Odubel Herrera was brought into this lineup, he acted as sort of a spark plug. He made things happen for the Phillies. They responded to his enthusiasm at the plate. You know, he's got a certain style about him. And uh, like him or not, he seems to sort of like bring up a ball club a little bit from what I've seen. So we'll see if he can still get some starts. Uh, They've been playing Matt Veerling a bit too much, I think. I mean, the Veerling experiment to me is a frustrating one. I don't see him coming through very often for the Phillies. And uh, though he may be an okay center fielder, I just don't think he has what it takes to be the Phillies' everyday center fielder. And he's been playing a lot in the last week or so. Uh, Team running and scoring position yesterday was great. Four for eight. And you can't ask much more than that. Kyle Gibson earning his sixth win of the year. Went six innings, gave up four hits and two runs. So if he can keep that to two runs, which is half or better than half of his ERA, which is 4.60, we're going to see good results from him. And the Phillies happened to beat a pitcher yesterday for the Atlanta Braves, Charlie Morton. wonder how many of our listeners out there remember Morton when he was on the Phillies. And he was... It was very disappointing. Uh, He signed with the Phillies for a couple seasons. They paid him a ton of money. He was hurt most of the time. When he did pitch for them, um, it wasn't good. But uh, I remember Charlie Morton (laughs) very well, and it's uh, not a good memory when it comes to Phillies. We had 29,038 at the stadium for the big afternoon win yesterday. I wish I could have uh, taken a day off, but maybe next month I'll take in an afternoon matchup. They used to call them the business person special, and uh, now they went away from that a little bit. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, maybe next month in August I'll be able to do that. And um, the Philly schedule they keep saying improves uh, as the year goes on that, you know, we have 
teams that quote unquote we're supposed to beat. And that sounds good when you say it, but in the MLB, there's never an easy team. And you can tell that if you've ever bet on sports and you think, oh, well, the Yankees are playing the, you know, just for sake of purposes, uh, the Baltimore Orioles who have been resurgent or the Tampa Bay Rays or a team that you wouldn't think they would lose to, the Detroit Tigers. On any given day, a baseball team can go out there and put up 10 runs. Any major league baseball team. These guys didn't get there easily to the majors. They have to be a certain quality, a certain talent, and um, that's just the way it is. So when people talk about an easy, quote-unquote, schedule that the Phillies had after the All-Star break, which I don't know if anybody saw the All-Star game. I watched it a little bit. It was entertaining. I thought the American League would win, and they did pull out a 3-2 to victory in that game. But who did the Phillies face right after the All-Star break? None other than the Chicago Cubs, who are having a terrible season. Everybody thought the Phillies were going to go in there and you know, take this whole series from them at home in Philadelphia. And the Phillies ended up getting swept. The first game was 15-2. to two. Welcome back, Phillies. Welcome back from the All-Star break. You just put 15 runs up on the board to your two. Uh, then the Saturday game, they lost 6-2. to two. And Sunday, it was 4-3. to three. So it was a close one. As I said, I was there. Phillies had opportunities to win this ball game, but couldn't. It was 100-plus degrees in the stadium. And, uh, you know, I had been to games that were more humidity in the air than that game, but certainly not the heat. And the heat is uh, something. When we first sat down, it was okay, you know, due to the sun as it was hitting our portion of the stadium in the first level. But I was very close to the Diamond Club area in the first level uh, in the second row. And we went up to get some concessions for 20 minutes, some refreshment. And we came back to the seats. You couldn't even sit down on the seat. It was about 200 degrees. No lie. Um, So that game, a lot of the people got an email from the Phillies with, discounted tickets for an upcoming series in August uh, with the Nationals. So uh, still might pull the trigger on one of those games. I think it expires soon, so I'll check it out today. But um, long story short, the Cubs came into town, swept them, and then the Phillies in the last series that we saw just regrouped and were able to take two of three from the Braves. So, as I said, this weekend series, it's a four-game series with the Pirates. And it's not going to be easy. Don't count this as a series win for the Phillies. They still have to go out there on the field and play. Then, after that series, they'll have a Monday off. 
which is the 1st of August. And then they go to Atlanta again for a short two-game series. Now, this is a weird series. Tuesday and Wednesday, August 2nd and 3rd, they go down to Atlanta for a quick two-gamer. A Wednesday game is an afternoon special, 12:20 start Eastern. Then the Phillies come home for that national series, as I was talking about just a second ago. Four games, August 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. And uh, probably one of my favorite times of the Phillies seasons as far as games. Uh, Saturday night's going to be the Wall of Fame uh, inductions, which, by the way, I don't know if you've seen that lately, but it's it's looking quite impressive. There's a lot of names, a lot of old Phillies on this Wall of Fame now, and it's really taking on sort of a um, a Hall of Fame, quote-unquote, atmosphere out there in the, uh, the left field gate entrance uh, to the Phillies. So if you get a chance, you haven't seen it, go out there and check it out, especially uh, for that series. You're going to be impressed. And then Sunday, of course, is the uh, Toyota Phillies alumni game. And I like to go to all the alumni games um, over the years. And, you know, I've been to a few of them, not all of them. But that's one game I like to go to because especially uh, the Phillies are going to be honoring a lot of players that are frankly getting up there in years. Uh, Believe it or not, Pete Rose is scheduled to be there. I believe he's 80 years old or close to it. Uh, Mike Schmidt, of course. These are legends of the Phillies. You know, you got to you got to count your lucky stars that were still around. Number one, but you want to go there and and honor these players as well. Be there for them. Be there in the stands to clap and cheer. Hey, we remember what you did for this team many years ago, even if you didn't witness it. And a lot of the fans these days didn't. They're younger. They're in their 20s. And this is an excellent opportunity for you to see Hall of Fame players, guys that gave it all for this game of baseball and the Phillies team in general. So uh, Sunday, 1.35 p.m., Toyota Phillies Alumni Day. They're at the stadium. Monday, the 8th of August, is an off day. Then 9th, 10th, and 11th at home against the Marlins. And that that Marlins team is unpredictable. They put out a good game here and there, and the Phillies had some trouble with them early in the season. But uh, the next afternoon special, the old business person special, so to speak, is Thursday, the 11th of August. A 105 start against the Marlins. And um, yeah, if I do end up uh, going to a business person special, it might be that game there. 105 versus the Marlins. And I still have my standing room uh, pass that I got early in the season. If you remember, the Phillies had standing room only pass available. It's like $55 with taxes per month. You can go to any home game. 
So I signed up for that early. I wanted to support this team a little bit. And uh, I may just use that stand-up pass for that game. We'll see. But uh, to get back to a guy that I said I would speak about a little bit uh, before I end this show, and hopefully, like I said, we'll have another Phillies Talk podcast real soon with uh, Rich Baxter, that's me, and my co-host, Matt Vesey. But uh, the player I want to talk about is Nick Castellanos, and he had a run-in with a reporter, Jim Salisbury, after the game, one recent game. Um, Salisbury asked Castellanos, hey, did you hear the boos coming in from the crowd? And I think the question caught Castellanos off guard a little bit because he he did one of those long pauses, and then he says, oh, no, my hearing went out. And you could just see the look on his face that he didn't like that question. And I don't think Salisbury really initially meant it to be as bad as it turned out to be because – Castellanos then went on further to say, that's a stupid question. Why is it a stupid question? That's what I want to know. You know, hey, did you hear the boos from from the crowd? All you have to do is answer and say, oh, yeah, I heard it. You know, I'm trying to get better. I'm doing this at the plate. I'm doing that at the plate. You're a professional athlete. You've been asked questions hundreds of times after a game. But all of a sudden, you're going to get uh, high and mighty and, you know, have a confrontation with a sports writer who just asked a simple question. I know it's heat of the moment, and he probably wishes he didn't answer it that way because the fans heard it afterwards. And the next game I was at with Castellanos, and guess what? He didn't do well at the plate again, and he got booed. And maybe Castellanos doesn't get Philadelphia. And I made some remarks on Twitter that maybe I shouldn't have about him. You know, like, I think he's got an air of cockiness about him. Um, Like, he's some big home run hitter or something. And I hope he turns out to be for the Phillies, because right now he's kind of struggling at the plate. He did get a couple hits. Uh, a game or two after this uh, interview. So that'll help him. But it just came out of left field that here's a professional athlete that's been asked questions many a time after a game, then all of a sudden this bothers him. Castellanos, if you're listening to this, understand the Phillies fans' psyche, their, their knowledge of the game. They see somebody at the plate that doesn't look like he's giving it his all. You strike out, and there's no expression. There's no, you know, you just walk away from the plate, and it happens game after game after game. The fans pick up on this. You know, show a little emotion maybe that you're trying And maybe you are trying, but it doesn't look like it to the fans. So Castellanos, you know, I think he was wrong there. And it depends what side of the fence you look at. I know a lot of people stuck up for him. Um, 
and this is over. This is something that the Phillies have um, chosen to move on from. And why not? It's just a silly question, a stupid answer, and we move on. But the Phillies fans are not stupid. They pick up on little things, nuances, and we've had it over the years. There's been different players, quality players, mind you. Jimmy Rollins comes to mind first and foremost, a guy that may be a Hall of Famer someday, a guy that called that the Phillies were the team to beat in 2007, and that's exactly what happened. They stormed back and took this division, the NL East. They can do it again. And a guy like Rollins was a spark plug, and he was a great player, one of the best shortstops besides Larry Boa that this team has ever had. But he had a bad habit of, you know, plays that looked like he was punching the clock, not running them out, uh, doing this or that, and he earned the booze of the fans. And I think he got it by the end of his career, and he understood. But he himself, Jimmy Rollins, booed. So Castellanos, pick it up. Get some hits. Do what you said you were going to do when you came here, which is get paid to hit baseballs. And then you're not going to have a problem in Philadelphia. They want to cheer you. They want to support you. But you got on the bad side of the fans for a certain reason. And I can see it. And if you're out there listening and you don't see it, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, you might not be one of those astute fans. You may be somebody that just glosses over things and, you know, things like that doesn't bother you. And that's fine. Well, that's about all the time that we have for today's podcast. Again, I want to welcome you in. If this is your first time listening to the show, or maybe you've stopped by a couple of times already, I want to welcome you back to listening. And hopefully on the next edition, I'll be able to rendezvous with Matt Vizi, get him back on the show, hear his opinions, and uh, see what he thinks the Phillies need, hopefully before the trade deadline of August 2nd. So thanks again for listening, everyone, to Phillies Talk Podcast. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to the show from. If you want to sponsor the show, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Phillies. I'll say that again real slow. Anchor.fm forward slash, which is on a regular uh, keyboard, which is right underneath the question mark on a Mac keyboard, and then type in Phillies. And from there, you're going to go to the main page of this show where we keep most of the um, shows, and then they get sent out to the different podcast aggregators like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Overcast, Spotify. You can listen to this show on all of those services, Stitcher. Um, but I have a support button on here, and you can click that support button, and it's a super secure way to send a donation to the show via credit card so you can either 
choose to send uh, you know a dollar a month, ninety nine cents, four ninety nine, or if you really like the show and you want to support what this show and the blog offers, and my Twitter feed, of course, nine ninety nine per month is the top monthly contribution. So for that, I'm going to give you a mention on the show here on the podcast for the nine ninety nine level. So. Love to see you as a sponsor of the fightinphillies.com website, which is the home of my blog and has been for many years, and the Phillies Talk podcast, which is what you're listening to right now. And like I told you before, NBC came along and named their behemoth podcast, Phillies Talk podcast. Could I have sued them? I don't know. I was in contact with a lawyer, who, not for that reason, but I just mentioned it to him, and he said, you, you may have a case. So. <laughs> but I don't think it's important. You know, if there was 10 Phillies Talk podcasts, this is the original, and I thank you for listening. Let's go, Phils. Taking on those Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend. I hope to talk to you soon. Maybe even we'll record one this weekend. So uh, be safe out there. Have fun. Watch those Phils. And let's win. Let's get in the playoffs. That's the goal for this year, for 2022. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care.